said, the gentleman's testimony uh, with the devotional that Brad shared just went perfectly together, and, if, and they had no idea. And God, obviously, God had just worked all of that out. Um, well, I knew that my siblings were coming back. Um, obviously, as my dad shared this morning, he had no idea. Uh, so he was preparing for Sunday, and, and uh, he didn't know that I was preparing for Sunday night. Uh, because with family coming back, we knew it'd be crazy around our house, a little crazier than even normal. Um, so I didn't know what he was preparing for Sunday morning. He had no idea that I was even preparing something for Sunday night. And so tonight we're going to be looking at praying for your pastor. And it's interesting that this morning we talked, heard about sweet fellowship with our best friend, Jesus Christ, and about spending time in prayer with him. And as I was thinking and praying of what, what does God want me to share tonight, I thought, well, October is Pastor Appreciation Month, and my dad's birthday is in October, and he's turning 60 years old. And he didn't mention that this morning. What did he say, 45, 50? Because <laughs> you want to... You... <laughs> now, I wasn't listening. <laughs> So um, I thought, what what is it that what is it, Lord, that you want me to share? And uh, I just felt the the need to how can we pray for our pastor? And this isn't in any way uh, this does apply to our pastor here. But, you know, if God takes you to a different church someday, how can you pray for your pastor? What what is it that that the Lord would have you to pray in praying for him. But Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1, Paul says, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from the unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you, both that you do and will do the things that we commanded you. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you tonight, and what a joy it is uh, continuing to think of uh, what a friend we have in you. Lord, what a joy it is to, as we sang, there's no friend like you, no, not one. Lord, we thank you for the friendships that we can have on uh, with other uh, people here and the joy that that brings, but what a sweet fellowship it is to be able to come into your presence, to, uh, to communicate with you and to pour our heart out to you and to get the guidance that we need each day. Lord, I ask that you would guide now that as we uh, look at these things, that it would speak to us that we would do a good job of praying for those uh, who, are, who are over us, praying for our pastors, and that wherever you lead in life, that as we fellowship in a church, that we would do a good job of upholding those who are our pastors. Lord, we thank you for those who you have called, and uh, we thank you for your faithfulness in everything. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, tonight I wanted to start out by looking at some things. Why is it so important that you pray for your pastor? And as I was looking, why is it important? 
I want to share with you some statistics of some of the things of st- statistics of those in ministry. And uh, I have quite a few, and I'm going, I'll move through them quickly. But I want you to just think about some of these things uh, that, that you're hearing. This is, from the, uh, this is from the Fuller Institute and the Barna Group did this study. 90% of pastors report working between 55 to 75 hours a week. 80% believe pastoral ministry has negatively affected their families. Many pastors, many pastors' children do not attend church now because of what the church has done to their parents. 95% of pastors do not regularly pray with their spouses. 33% state that being in the ministry is an outright hazard to their family. 75% report significant stress-related crisis at least once in their ministry. 80% of pastors and 84% of their spouses feel unqualified and discouraged as role of the pastors. 90% of pastors said the ministry was completely different than what they had thought it would be. Uh, 70% of pastors constantly fight depression. 70% say they have lower self-image now than when they first started. 70% do not have someone they consider a close friend. 40% report serious conflict uh, in the church at least once a month. 50% of pastors feel so discouraged that they would leave the ministry if they could. 70% of pastors feel grossly underpaid. 50% of the ministers starting out will not last five years. Think about that. 50% starting out will not last more than five years. And one out of every 10 pastors will actually retire as a pastor. One out of every 10. 94% of clergy families feel the pressure of the, of the pastor's ministries. 80% of the spouses feel the pastor is overworked. 80% of the spouses feel left out and underappreciated by the church. of pastor's spouses wish their spouse would choose a different profession. The profession of a pastor is near the bottom of a survey of the most respected profession. So it's near the bottom of a survey, just above car salesmen. So if that tells you where that ranks. (laughs) 4,000 new churches begin each year and 7,000 churches close each year. So you have 4,000 new ones starting and 7,000 dying. Over 1,700 pastors left the ministry every month last year. 1,700 every month. And over 1,300 pastors were terminated by their local church each month. Over 3,500 people a day left the church last year. 3,500 people a day. And the number one reason that pastors leave the ministry, according to their, their research, is because of church people not willing to go in in the same direction that the pastor is trying to go. Now, I share that with you to help you see the importance of praying for your pastor. It's it's so important to to pray for your pastor, just as it's important to pray for uh, your spouse and to pray for others. But for the demands of, of being a pastor. Now, my... As I start out saying, my purpose in this, my goal in this is not 
I'm not speaking about our pastor directly here. I'm not speaking about our church directly here. Um, because I, I do truly feel that we are blessed um, as a church body in, in being a church, that uh, we have good support as a church, as being pastors. Um, even, I think, even our spouses would, would say that too. You know, it's interesting. They obviously surveyed some of the spouses. We have a great church as far as support. But just because you support doesn't necessarily mean that you are praying for them. So how can we pray for our pastor? Well, first off, we need to start by giving thanks. Give thanks. Your pastor knows that he is not perfect. You know that he is not perfect, and everyone knows he's not perfect. There's no perfect pastor out there. But God has placed you where you are and put you under the pastor that you're under and so you need to stop and give thanks. Look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18. It says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord. He who calls you is faithful, who will also do it. Brethren, pray for us. The need for prayer, but also the need for giving thanks. So give thanks for your pastor. But then also pray that your pastor would fear the Lord rather than fear man. It's, it's a constant challenge for every one of us, whether we are going to fear man more than we fear God. Even, even as a pastor, and maybe even more so, is it the fear of God or is it the fear of man? Proverbs 9 verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Proverbs twenty nine twenty five: The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. It's easy to seek the approval of man, isn't it? To, to say things that because you know people will approve of it. But maybe you go too far then and the things that God wants you to say, you refrain from because you know it won't be accepted. So pray that your, pray that your pastor would fear the Lord rather than he fears man. For boldness to speak the truth no matter how it is going to be received. It's easy to speak the truth when you know people are going to like it. When you know people are on your side, it's easy to speak the truth. But when it's not going to be well received, do you still have the same boldness? So pray for him that he would fear the Lord. But pray that his inward man would be renewed each day. Pray that his inward man would be renewed each day. Romans 12 and verse 2 says, Be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So as a pastor of leading, leading the body, don't you, don't you hope and pray that he, will, that he will prove what is good, acceptable, and God's will? And how is he going to do that without the inward man being renewed each day? So pray for him that each day as he gets in God's word, 
in his own private life, that the inward man would be renewed, that it wouldn't be, oh, Sunday's coming up, Wednesday's coming up, what am I going to do for that? But that it would be fellowship with God, as we heard this morning, that I'm going to take time to personally fellowship with God. Second Corinthians four and verse 16 says, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Even though the outward man may perish, fall apart, the inward man will be renewed day by day. So pray for your pastor that there would be that renewing. It's, it's vital. It's so important. But pray for his personal walk with God then. Pray that he would be in the word daily. Not just, um, it wasn't in that survey, but I read somewhere else. It was like 30% of pastors uh, say that they have uh, personal devotions. Think about that. 30%. And, you, and uh, I'm sure it's because, well, I'm, I'm studying for Sunday. I'm trying to get ready for Sunday. So I'm, I'm in the word and I got this going on and this going on and this going on. And I, I am in the word. But they're not feeding their own soul. They're not getting the food that they need. So pray for your pastor that he would be in the word personally. Pray for him to have fellowship with God in prayer and that distractions would be removed. Now, if you look at these things and uh, we have a couple more, you could pray these things for anyone and you would be, it would be great if you did. Your, your pastor is no different. Pray for him with his walk with God. But then pray for his family. Many pastors, as, as we saw in that in the survey, many pastors quit the ministry because of family problems, either problems within their family that have come up or because of pressure on their family from the church and from the ministry that has uh, the, the wife is is checked out of the ministry. And. So then the pastor feels that he needs to he needs to quit. So pray for your your pastor's family. Pray for his kids that they would walk with the Lord, that they would have a a personal walk with the Lord. Pray for him that he and his wife would have a strong, growing relationship. Pray for their marriage, that they would have a strong marriage. Pray for his wife that she would not take offenses at what people say about her husband. Pray for that, that things that the criticisms that come toward her husband, that she would not take offenses at. And pray for her, pray for his wife as well to have a strong relationship with Christ. Uh, It's so important that in any marriage that the husband be seeking God and the wife be seeking God. And then I think it was last week we heard about that, that, that then they will have an even, even stronger relationship. In Christ. So pray for his family and pray for him to walk in the Spirit at all times. If he is walking in the Spirit at all times, there will be love that will be evident. There will be joy. There will be peace, patience, kindness. There will be goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. Pray for him to walk in the Spirit. Satan would love to get any one of us to to trip up, to stumble. But don't you think he would especially love to see a pastor fall? To can you imagine and I, maybe some of you have seen where how that impacts a church, that impacts the the body, the congregation. 
So pray for him that he would walk in the spirit and then pray for him that he would stay true to the word of God. Now, if you look at those those first six things, they were all for the individual, the pastor himself. It's not about um, the ministry, but if the individual has a strong walk with God, is growing, is in the word daily, uh, is seeking after him, is walking in the spirit, he's going to stay true to the word of God. Those things are going to come. But if he abandons those time, just like any of us, if we push that off to the side, how easily we stumble and fall. So pray for him that he would stay true to the word of God. So how... Those are just a few things of how to pray for your pastor. But how can you go about encouraging your pastor? Well, as we just said, pray for him. I, I've never had it, and I don't know if you've ever had it, where somebody said, I just want you to know that I'm praying for you. Why are you praying for me? I don't need your prayer. Have you ever, have you ever felt that way? I, I don't need your prayer. I'm, I've never felt that way. And if, if you do... I, I don't know what that says about you. <laughs> we, all, we all need prayer. Let your pastor know that you're praying for him. But if you want to encourage him, come to prayer meetings and actually pray. I'm being serious. Come to prayer meetings and actually pray. Or when we have prayer time at the end of the service, come and pray. Do you know how great of an encouragement that is to your pastor to see that the church has a desire to pray. What normally happens, we have a prayer meeting and a couple people show up and half of them pray. So out of a couple people, only half pray. Now, we, we, should, all be, we should all be stepping forward wanting, wanting to talk to God. And I know the Spirit will lead us, but it shouldn't be long periods of silence. So if you want to encourage your pastor... Have a desire to pray and come to the prayer meetings and actually pray. But then be eager to learn. If you've ever taught a class, if you've ever uh, shared anything, you can always tell the people who are eager to learn and the people who are there. Anyone ever taught anything and, and seen that? Okay, see, I can see it right now. There's a few people who are... Who are uh, <laughs> No, it is. You can, you can tell the people that are, who are with you and who are eager to learn. And we all love, we all love teaching and sharing with those who are, who are eager to hear it, who are eager to learn. So be eager to learn. But then be a good team member. Be a good team member. And by that I mean here at the church, uh, be willing to serve. Look for areas to serve in. And then if you're still having trouble, ask, where is it that I could serve? Where is it that you guys are needing help? Um, are you needing help in any of the kids' classes? Uh, I might not be able to teach, but I can help in kid control. I'm, I'm willing to do whatever. You know how nice that is to hear, hey, whatever you need help with, let me know, and I will step in. What a great team member. But then not only being willing to serve, but uplift the team that you're on. And I'm referring to the church here as a team. Uplift the team you're on. Don't talk bad about it. In, in sports, you don't, the team that you're on, you don't go to the other team and tell the other team 
all your teammates' weaknesses, do you? But how many times in church do we do that? We go out to the world and we tell them, did you hear what this person in the church, did you hear this, this, this? We tell them all their weaknesses. Be a good teammate and, and encourage them. Encourage your team members. But then if you want to encourage your pastor, stop the criticism of him, but also of others in the church. Um, as, I was, as I was reading, I found this story about a, uh, a seminary student who, as he was going through seminary, he visited different churches in the area just because he wanted to hear uh, the different styles of services, the different things that they had going on. And, and as he was visiting this church, he sat there and he thought, man, this guy is doing a horrible job. I mean, he's really, he's really butchering it. And couldn't believe how terrible of a how terrible of a service it was and he had a friend that was with him and they got out of the service and and he was thinking this in his mind and before he had a chance to speak about it the friend that was with him said boy that was exactly what i needed this morning and it stuck out to him that you know here i was criticizing everything that this guy was doing wrong and you did this wrong you did this wrong And God was working through it. Even in spite of everything he was doing wrong, God was working through it. I talked to to a pastor a while ago and he said, every Sunday after I get done preaching, I have a gentleman who comes and tells me every single thing that I did wrong when I was speaking. He wrote them all down and he tells me every single thing I did wrong. Can you imagine, can you imagine that every time, well, you did this wrong, you said this wrong, you messed up here. Boy, that really encourages you, doesn't it? It really, boy, I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful you came and and told me about all this. Stop, stop the criticism, but also of the criticism in the church. But then if you want to encourage your pastor, be growing in your walk with God. You know what? I think that's one of the biggest encouragements that you can see is when people are seeking after God. What a joy that that is. So if if you are doing that, write your pastor a note and say, hey, I just wanted to let you know, this is what I got out of my devotional time this week. This is this is what God's been teaching teaching me. This is what Last week in your message, you mentioned this, and then I read this in my devotions, and I just wanted to thank you for that. You know how big an encouragement that that would be to your pastor? Share share what God is doing in your heart, but then also share with him the times that God has used you to lead someone to the Lord. It's such a joy to see people come to know Christ. But then the last thing Take, take a second and write an encouraging letter to your pastor. Write an encouraging letter to your pastor. And uh, I want to, uh, I have a couple of, a couple of letters um, that I want to close with reading. And then we're going to take our, take our time in, in praying like we normally do. But these are a couple of letters to our pastor here from some of the missionaries that, that we support that, that they wrote, and uh, he hasn't heard any of them, um, but they wrote for his birthday. 
And uh, this is from John and Bev Leonard. Happy birthday, Pastor St. Lawrence. It's a great friend, pastor, dad, and husband. A man with divine vision here and abroad looking forward to Revelation 5-9. And that verse says, And they sung a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by the blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Much love, John and Bev Leonard. Also got a letter from Jeff and Joni Hall. Happy birthday, Pastor. We thank God for your dedication in serving him these many years. For the inspiration you have been to so many people, but especially to our family. You have been steadfast for as long as we have known you. you are so, we are so thankful for your godly example. Praise God. And may you have many more to come. Love, Jeff and Joni. Also heard from uh, Sergio and Andrea Duarte. In August of 1994, Andrea and I arrived to Sheraton in our green Ford Granada to present the burden for the land of Uruguay. What a story the car holds in itself. Charlie Smith, a college friend, had given me a phone number to contact a certain Pastor St. Lawrence, and he scheduled a meeting for us to come and share what was in our hearts. We stayed in the prophet's chamber in the church at that time, and since that first time we met, the Lord truly has blessed our lives through yours. You have been such an example of the faithful, joyful leader. You and Marilyn have been great encouragers to us in hard times. You have given us wise counsel. You have genuine interest in our lives. What a blessing it was to receive you and Marilyn in our home in Uruguay. You took the time to come down, and that is an invaluable gift. You and the church body have been a main channel of blessings in providing for our needs through all these years in many different ways. You have opened the doors of your home and family to us, and we share the same love for soccer. There are so many experiences of life and ministry that we could share and ways in which your lives have touched ours. But two words truly describe how your life has impacted ours, pastor and friend. Thank you for a life dedicated to the Lord, and may he in his grace give you many more years to serve him. After all, 60 is just the beginning of the good things yet to come. May the Lord richly bless you richly. We love you, Sergio. Andrea, Patricia, Martine, and Melanie. Then I had one more letter uh, that I wanted to share from Seth, Seth and Amy Myers. For 17 years now, you have spoken more, uh, more often than you realize to a very small audience. Your sermons on those occasions have rather been memories of your life. The congregation for these times of teaching has simply been myself. I would be honored if my sermons spoke as eloquently as your life. How many times have I replayed the down-to-earth style with which you encourage me to be humble and stay near to God? How many times have I remembered you telling me not to trust people since they are made fickle by sin? How many times have I given away books or money because you, have get, you gave overwhelming love offerings at NBT, generous gifts as missionaries, and book after book when we come home on furlough. Because of you, I have read Stop Dating the Church, The Peacemaker. My wife and teammates have also read it. Dangerous Calling and Ordering Your Private World. 
Jim Berg's lessons on Ecclesiastes, as well as sermons you've preached, have played many times on my phone as I drive or work around the house. As I reflect on why God has encouraged me so constantly through your life, I came up with four main pillars. Pardon me for uh, listing them, but as I have been preaching for many years, this is the way I think. Your integrity, humility, masculinity, and prayer life have influenced my daily action. It may not seem like a great thing to simply persevere each day, but maybe once we consider how few pastors actually do that, it may appear in its actual glory. I've seen you tell the truth even when it offends, even on small matters, refusing to overspeak so that the reality of the thing will not be obscured. I've heard you handle church members, other missionaries, and even myself without being needlessly rude or seeking for the approval of men. I've learned from you that the fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. Vividly do I recall you asking me to speak several times on a Sunday, which would mean you do not have the chance to stand before the people. You have overlooked the choices of other young men when they have disagreed with yours because you didn't need to assert yourself. You have not been afraid to work with your hands or indulge in that sweetest of all humor, self-deprecation. You set a standard for me to reach for when in my presence someone laughed at you and you joined them in laughing at yourself. I have learned from you that pastors must clothe themselves with humility. Masculinity has a rough life these days, but it seems to flourish in those conditions. The pictures in advertising are constantly blurring the lines with men who look like pretty boys and effeminate flirts. But I recall you dividing the boys and the girls to pray because, after all, they are different. I recall you boldly telling me to my face about some way in which I need to die to self and show more grace to my family. I recall a firm handshake, sons that start working as early as possible, and a deep voice laugh. If Pa Angles from Little House on the Prairie were a Baptist pastor, I'm pretty sure he'd look like you. (laughs) Our church now prays in short turns because I learned that from a prayer meeting dating back to 1998. I had never conceived of that method of prayer before, but it has so richly enhanced my times of intercession. My teammates and I pray that way. Our family prays that way, and our church on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings prays that way. Furthermore, I remember from the beginning that you prayed for spiritual request. Things that I didn't often hear people praying for, like power of the Holy Spirit to change lives, godliness and repentance among the church members, and the and the conversion of the lost. As a basics, as basics as those things are, my experience has been and still is that most Baptist churches spend the majority of their time talking about requests, and with the balance of 10 minutes left, they pray for nine sick people in the church. As imitation is the highest form of compliment, please know that your life of prayer has spoken even to the villagers living in the huts where God has privileged me to evangelize. We must give ourselves to prayer and to the word. Since you're not dead yet, (laughs) I shouldn't say too much. But as the Holy Spirit is changing me to be slowly slowly but more surely like Christ, I can recall numerous times when your plain Christian example has inspired me. In fact, I cannot think of any other men older than myself whose example of character has so often returned to challenge me. God has only given me the privilege of seeing you once every few years, but my wife and I both count those times as special treats. 
May these fruits that I have seen from your life abound more and more so that our Savior would rejoice in a servant, holy fashion into his image. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee the crown of life. Your fellow servant, Seth and Amy Myers. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for uh, the pastor that you have given here for the working in his life. Lord, we know that all the glory belongs to you. It's, it's all your doing, and, and we rejoice in that. Lord, it's amazing what you can do through a man. It's amazing how you can use we as people, as fickle as we are, as sinful as we are. Lord, we give you praise tonight uh, for what you are doing in each of us. May we all be growing in you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.